That's been refreshing. Thank you, Brock. <clears throat> For those of you who are new around here, um, well, it's been, actually been a long time, so... Brock was our worship, one of our worship leaders for many years, and, and then God called him out of the promised land and took him to the East Coast, <laughs> the opposite of Abraham, you know, so, but we love him and the family. <laughs> well, we're talking about power, power. Today, we're going to talk about the power of words. Words have power. You know that, right? Of course you do. You know that. They have power to bless, power to, power to curse. Some of you have been on the end of the curse. You've, you've experienced, in fact, all of us probably at some point have been hurt by somebody's words. Um, and hopefully, all of us have been blessed by somebody's words. The words are so important. Words are how we connect with God. We connect with God through words. But Romans chapter 10 says this is the means of salvation. Words were involved. It, it says, what does, uh, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith. It's in your heart and in your mouth. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart. And salvation happens through that expression. And the word is so powerful. The word is how we, how we get healed. God heals us by his word. The Bible tells us in Psalms 107 and verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. So what we're looking for when we're asking God to heal us is for him to send his word, and his word brings healing to us. The, the word connects, connects us, our words connect us with, with each other. That's how we interact. We are connected with words. Sometimes those words are encouraging sometimes those words are discouraging as we said the bible says in ecclesiastes 7:21 also do not take to heart everything people say kind of some good advice don't take to heart everything people say lest you hear your servant curse you for many times also your own heart has known that even you have cursed others we've done the same and uh and then words connect us to ourselves. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as we go. But let's, uh, we're going to start here in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. We're going to go right to the beginning of the Bible and um, look right at the first verse. And it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth without form and void, and darkness went on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, then God Said. Now it could have, we, we could be reading here, if God wanted to, he could have said, then God thought. But it was more. God didn't just think it into existence. I have no doubt that God has that capacity. But God didn't, he spoke it. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke it. The Bible said in Psalms 33 6, it says, by the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the hosts in them by the breath of his mouth. So God spoke, and this was the means by which creation happened. God is capable of speaking, and he created from nothing. His word spoke, there was nothing, his word spoke, and then there was the universe. Pretty powerful thing, words are, especially out of the mouth of God. Now, I want you to think, I want you to imagine with me, if your words had the same kind of creative power. Think about this. What if your words had that same kind of, you know, God spoke it, but let's say it was delayed, all right? So whatever you spoke, it was delayed, let's say a year. So this being 
March 1st. A year ago, on March 1st, whatever you said would happen now. And not knowing that, if you didn't make the connection, what would your life be like today? I mean, what if a year ago, you, you got up and said, this is going to be a bad day. You just spoken into existence. So today you wake up and you go, why is everything going wrong? <laughs> or, as people do, I think I'm coming down with something. <laughs> what, if, what if it was that kind of creative? Or, you know what, they're never going to change. Or, I'm such an idiot. All of a sudden you wonder why your brain's not working. Or they're such a moron, and you wonder why their brain isn't working. Or you're killing me. You're going to have a bad day. Or I'm stuck in this lousy job, or I always get sick, or whatever it might be. You know the negative words. You spoke them. Now, we don't have that power. We do not have that kind of creative power. We don't call things into existence like God did in the beginning. We call things into order like Jesus did. Now, Jesus had the capacity, he had the power to call things into existence because he was, he's God, third person. In fact, he did. All things were created by him and, not, and without him was not anything created that was created, the Bible says in, in John 1. So he was the one that spoke things into existence, the second person triune Godhead. But when he became a man here on earth, he withheld those things. Why? Because he had to live as a man so that we could look at how he lived, we could follow after what he did. In fact, we're supposed to emulate him in our life, do the things the way Jesus did. And so what Jesus did is he didn't create from nothing. He brought things into order. Like, for instance, when the man who was born, born blind, he had no eyes, Jesus went and he took mud, right? He spit in it, rolled it up, stuck it in, and created from that. Not from nothing, created from that. He brings things into order. When he heals someone, what is he doing? He's bringing their body into order. Right? When, when, for instance, when you get saved, what's happening? You're, being, you're, you're bringing yourself into the order of God, how God had intended for you to be. So our creative power, our Jesus's was, and I believe we're supposed to learn how to do that, operate in what Jesus did. Jesus was to call things into, he called things into order. He used his words to call things into to order of the will of God. See, faith is my alignment with the will of God, not calling God into alignment with our will. So if I'm, if I'm calling, if I'm speaking, and this is, this is where um, some doctrine has gone sideways. I just, and, and if you understand this, it may, you, you understand how it makes sense. Because what happened is, it's, there's, you know, when people have taken this too far, it's kind of like, well, I can just speak anything I want into existence. If I have faith, I'm just going to have faith and believe it. So you have people like the person I've made mention of before that has a notebook of the things that they're believing and they're speaking for, and it's this, you know, I don't know how many million dollar huge yacht or like one TV evangelist by faith was claiming his new jet for his ministry. And of course, if you had faith, then you would give so he would have the ability to buy the new jet for his ministry. And, and so it takes it completely out of order. That's not what is intended here. What's intended here is that through the word of God, as Jesus did, he brought things into order with God. So the word, the power, 
the supernatural power of the word by, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit in a spirit-filled believer is proclaiming truth, proclaiming alignment with the will of God. So let's put it in practical terms. If someone has got an addiction, would it be God's will for them to be free of their addiction? That's a pretty easy question. Anybody want to answer it? Yes. Okay? We know that. We know God's will is not that you are addicted, that you are free from your addiction, whether it's you know, alcohol or drugs or sex or whatever it might be. God wants to free you from, so you can know what the will of God is. What? Bring into order. So you speak it. You might have an addiction, but you start saying, in the name of Jesus, I am free. In the name of Jesus, I am going to, I'm, I'm being delivered in the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm going to have, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than an overcomer, as he, as he tells us in Romans 8. I'm more than an overcomer. Because, why? Because you're bringing yourself into alignment with God's will. God's will is that you're free. See, this is where believing for, you know, a new yacht is so, it's so, be, it's so, so beneath all that God wants to do. What he wants to do is so much greater. It's eternal. He wants to do so many. Now, it isn't, God's not against somebody having a yacht or even a jet, though you know, I guess if you can afford it, it's, it's great. Put a lot of people to work that built that thing, I guess. But that's not the point. The point is that when we're using that particular power that God's given us, we align, we're aligning with the will of God, what God wants to accomplish in and through our lives. And we know what that is. We pray it on a regular basis if you use the pattern that Jesus gave us to pray. He said to pray, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. In heaven, everything's aligned according to God's will. On earth, we call things into being aligned with God's will in our life. And so... We take what God has given us and we use it to bless people, to encourage, to call things into existence. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20, it says this, A man's stomach shall be satisfied by the fruit of his mouth and the produce of his lips. He shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So he's saying life and death is in the power of the tongue. How you use your tongue will, will produce life or produce death. Now, I'm not talking about killing people with your mouth, hopefully, but I'm talking about the fact that what you speak into people's life can bring life to them or can bring death to them. It can bring encouragement. It can bring discouragement. And you have that power, and the problem is that we don't bring our words in alignment with God's will. And so much of the time, what becomes, um, what could be bringing life is actually bringing death. See, your life will move in alignment with your words. Your life will move in alignment with your words. You can't talk negative and expect to have a positive life. Now, every one of us probably knows somebody who's pretty negative. That looks on the negative side of things all the time. And I know nobody in this room is like that. Everybody here is always positive and encouraging, and you always speak the right things. But there are people who tend to be negative. And you know one thing I can tell you without question? Those people are unhappy people. You know people who talk negative? I mean, they find the negative side of things all the time. And I, the story of these two farmers 
and uh, the, the one was very positive, the other guy was negative, one was, you know, the cup's half full, and the other one, the cup's half empty, and so it rained, it hadn't rained in a while, and it rained, and the guy, the positive guy says, oh, thank you, God, for the rain, I'm so happy it's raining, we needed this, Lord, to, to you know, water our crops, and and the negative guy says, well, I hope it don't rain too long because it'll, it'll, it'll cause a swamp around here. It'll ruin our crops. Then the sun comes out, right? And the guy says, oh, God, thank you for the sun. It's such a blessing, Lord. You're, you're blessing us with the sunshine. And the other guy says, well, I hope it doesn't last too long. It's going to burn up everything. So the positive guy thought, I'm going to try to encourage this guy up. He bought a brand new hunting dog. And he said to the guy, come on, let's go do some hunting. And they went out. And the guy shot a bird. Uh, it was a duck, fell in the water. And he says, watch my new dog. And he sent it out. And the dog runs on top of the water, picks up the duck, runs back. His friend looks and says, so your dog can't swim, huh? <laughs> You have people in your life like that, right? Everything's negative. They seem to find that one thing. It's, it, it could be great. It could be a wonderful day, but they're going to find the one negative thing. Let me tell you something. Scientists have actually done work on this. The brain gets programmed. And if you start going down the negative road and you, you do that long enough, your mind will automatically go and find the negative thing and it'll focus on it. And it doesn't change quickly. Those patterns have to be relearned. You have to, you have to get new grooves in, in, that, in that brain of yours that starts to focus on the positive. Because the fact is, all of us have negative, and when I say negative, I mean unbelief, ungodly thoughts, all these things. We have negative thoughts. All, everybody, it passes by. But when negative thoughts pass by, don't give voice to them. I say that again. When negative thoughts pass by your brain, don't give voice to them. When you start giving voice to them, they start, well, they'll start messing, messing you up. You, you have to decide, I'm not going to give voice to negative thoughts. Now, how many of you growing up, your mom or dad said to you, if you can't think of anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you, don't, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Now, there's some truth to that. That's, that's, a good, that's good advice to an extent, but it's not enough. Let me add this to it. If you can't think or say anything nice then figure out something nice. Learn something nice to say. Say something nice. Don't just don't say something negative. Retrain your mind by saying something good. So, I, you know, there's always something good. There's always a way, and you might think, no, not in my situation. Or you don't know that person. Or you don't know my, you know, you know my job situation. I mean, some of you hate your job so much, and you feel locked into it, and you can't get out of it, and you hate it, and you make it worse every day because you complain about it every single day. Now, if you can't get out, the situation locks you in, why not start looking for the good things in it so that you can train your mind so you can start being kind of a little bit happy about it? There are some positives, right? No, none? Yes, there are. You know there are. And if you focus on the negative, you're going to be a negative person. And if you're a negative person, you'll never be a happy person. And you can live there, and people do. You're pretty, I mean, I don't know how, you're, you're living way below your potential. Because you can never live at your potential if you're always negative. God created you with much more, and, and he wants to pour 
life through you. If you have a poor mouth, you're going to have a poor life. And you can pretty much just plain count on it. Numbers 14, interesting, it says this. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as I have spoken in my hearing, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. As, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you. Now that sounds like a good word. Except for if you look at it in context. By the way, it is a, it's, it's good in the positive too. But look at it in context and you see this. This is how it starts off. In verse 26, it starts off and says, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel make against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, I will do unto you. God is, see, all they did was complain. They found, here they were, slaves in Egypt. God delivers them. They go a little while, and they don't really know where they're going to get their next meal or, their, or, or, you know, or water. And they start saying, well, God, you just took us out of there, out of Egypt. And that, whoa, in that, you know, now Egypt is looking good to them. Well, we had spices, they, they said. Ah, you know, you took us out of Egypt where we were slaves. They don't say that. But you took us out of Egypt to kill us. And God was providing for them the whole time. Why? They thought like slaves. And they spoke like slaves. Instead of seeing what God was about to do and seeing what God was doing, they only looked at the negative. That's what slaves do. If you're caught in that kind of bondage in your life, that all you see is the negative, you're a, you're a slave you're a slave to the negative. You're a slave to defeatism. And you'll, you'll never be able to lift yourself beyond. So, you can't stop negative thoughts from passing your mind, but you have to stop from at least speaking them, that process, because if you start speaking positive, listen, if you think positive, and I'm not just talking about positive. I want to make sure this isn't a positive message, just, you know, kind of an uh, encouragement message. I'm ta- talking about positive faith. I'm talking about speaking faith. It's about faith. Now, it's not just any positive. It's faith positive. And if I'm speaking positive, I'm speaking faith into the situation. If I'm speaking faith, then it's going to encourage my faith. Speaking encourages my heart. And my heart encourages my speaking. I, the, look at Matthew chapter 12. This is kind of a center point in this topic. And um, we're going to spend a couple weeks. I, I think we, God wants to just bring transformation in our hearts on this one. Really bring some transformation. And there's so much on this subject. You go from Genesis to Revelation, you are amazed if you study all the points and all the times where the Bible talks about our words and how we use them. It is amazing. We could do 10 weeks on this. There's just so much there. But I want to bring some more next week along these lines. But look at Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33. It says, "Either, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Now, let me give you context. The Pharisees were saying about Jesus that the miracles that he was doing was not by the Holy Spirit, but by, by the devil. In other words, they were attributing the power of the Holy Spirit to the devil. That's scary stuff. It's called blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus confronts that, and after confronting that, then he, he, he says this, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. In other words, be in alignment with who you are. If you're evil and you're going to attack, then be that. But if you're, if, you're, if you're godly, if you're good, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, then make the fruit good. If that's who you are, 
align yourself with that. Speak what God wants you to speak and not just don't, don't mix it up. As James says, all this garbage comes out of a pure vessel. No, it doesn't work that way. And so he calls them a brood of vipers, which I would not like to be. I mean, Jesus calls you a brood of vipers, you're in trouble. How can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. See, God has this hard drive. You know, he, he's got this ability, he's got his... He's got a mind that can that he doesn't have to download stuff to get more on his hard drive, right? He hears every word that we've ever spoken, he knows. He's got every word. He's got more than every word, he has every thought. But the words are what count, what we give voice to. And it says you'll pay you'll be accountable for every word that you've spoken. Now that's scary. Right? I got good news, though. We're speaking positive here. I'm going to give you good news. The Bible also says that when you've sinned, even with your mouth, that, that as you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. He's able to take and put it, Bible says, he puts it into the sea of his forgetfulness. What God does is he'll have blank spots in his memory about us. So you come before God, and, and you know, he has all this, he has every word that you've ever said, and then there's blank spots. Those blank spots are the things you don't want him to hear, because he's already forgiven you, right? Cleansing. But that's how, word, how important words are, that every word is accountable to, us, to, to God on that. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it's a pretty familiar portion that's preached a lot, is used to preach about um, kind of name it, claim it, confess it, you know, um, the, you know, with it, gab it uh, and grab it. When, you know what I'm talking about. You just say it, and then you say it in faith, and you're going to have it. It's often used that way, but it's, it's, let me give you a little more a clear understanding of this. Verse 22, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, and he will have whatever he says. Believe those things he says will be done. Notice the word says there. The, the, this is, he says, cast, if, if he says to that mountain, be cast in the sea, and he doesn't doubt. Now, this is kind of a, like, how do you take this scripture? Like, if I'm going to go skiing, you know, I just say to Big Bear, come. I don't want to drive all the way. Come on down here. <coughs> Move to Anaheim and get my skis out. No, it, you know, it's not going to work. And, um, but it's a scripture then not true. No, it's true because he's not talking about that. He's not talking about God bending his will to our will. He's talking about us bending our will to, to God's will. See, faith doesn't obligate God. It aligns you with God's will. And so if you pray... We know this, the scripture says, if you pray, we know he hears us, but it says this, it says, if you pray anything according to his will, we know he hears us, and we have the petition that we ask of him. So when we look at and we pray according to his will, now that's the mountain. Now, if you have someone in your life, a loved one, a family member, and they are lost, they aren't saved, they're rejecting Jesus, they are far from God. You can voice negative things, but they're never going to get saved. You can, you can just say, you can just say, you know, 
they're so far gone. They're such haters of God. They're never going to get saved. Or you can align your voice with God's will, and you can say, I can't wait till they're saved. You know, Jimmy, boy, he's going to be a great Christian someday. I know his, his, right now his, you know, he's way off and he, he, he claims to be an atheist or claims to be, you know, whatever. Anti, he's so anti-God, he just mocks. But, oh, he's going to get saved. And it's going to be so cool when he becomes a Christian. Man, I can see some things in him already. You know, what are you doing? You're speaking those positive, faith-filled words that, do you think God wants Jimmy saved? Yeah. So right now, you already know. This is God's will. Whatsoever, see? His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Those kinds of words have power. Because you, when you know you're speaking according to God's will... And you're claiming according to God's will. That's the mountain that Jesus says, if you speak to this mountain, if you say to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, and do not doubt. You have confidence. This is God's will. I'm proclaiming it. I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing onto it. And I'm declaring into the name of Jesus. That has power that brings productive work, God's work, on behalf of that situation. And that's where that works. It doesn't work for the next yacht, so you can just cruise the world and, and party on. It works when it's in alignment with God's purposes and God's will. But we don't take enough advantage of it because if you've seen the, the false element of it and, you, and you, you're kind of re, repelled by that, then people throw out the whole thing. Well, you're throwing out a, a whole major portion of Scripture that talks about how we're to operate in faith and how we're to communicate in faith, how we're to declare in faith, how we're to prophesy in faith, how to, we're, we're to align ourselves in that way so that miracles take place. So we don't want to throw that out while you're throwing out the, the, you know, the bad stuff. And you speak, you speak these things. You speak positively. You live your life that way. You, because, because you can make such a difference in people's lives. You know? And some of us, if we would just change our thinking a little bit, if we just get a little bit more faith-filled and a little bit more positive, and we still start speaking more faith-filled ways, we'll become happier people because we'll be looking at the right side of things. I'm not, I'm not saying ignoring reality. I'm not saying living in a fantasy world. But in every situation, there's usually a good and a bad. There's a positive and a negative. What are you going to focus on? And you make a choice to do that. And if you f focus on the positive... You'll be filled with more joy. You'll live your life affecting other people that way. I was at my house the other day, and one of my daughters was, was over. She was having a bad day. She had a lot going on and some things, and she was having a bad day. And she said, I'm not happy. And I went over, and I said, I've got enough happy for both of us. I gave her a hug. She said, you got a happy day? I'll take, some of my hap I'll take some of your happy. I says, you can have some. Because we, see, when we're filled, and life doesn't have to be perfect for that. You have all kinds of problems. You know? You decide. You, you become the person that makes choices on how you're going to focus that way. I love uh, Glenna, Glenna Wagner. You come, you come up to Glenda and say, how are you doing? And she says, blessed and highly favored of the Lord. <laughs> and uh, you know, when she does that, I, I'm sure there are times when she says that things aren't always going, going great. I don't know the situation, but I know. You don't know, know how I know? Because that's the way it is for everybody, right? 
Not everybody feels blessed and highly favored with the Lord every day. But whether you feel it or not, you are, because if God's your, your God, if you're, if you're a child of God, you are blessed and you're highly favored of the Lord. So when she says that, you know, I, I, she, she'll do that, and I'll, I'll go, oh, that's good. And then I'll go away thinking, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right, Rick. You remember that. You're blessed and you're highly favored of the Lord. Yeah. Aren't you? Why don't you, why don't you turn to your neighbor and um, say something to them? Okay, how many of you got a negative thing from that person? They just didn't have it in them, right? They just didn't have it in them to say something positive. Blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Some of us really, we have, we have gotten our brains, we really, this is, this is a fact. We train our brains. And we've, some of us have just trained our brains negatively. It starts small maybe, and over years, it starts getting worse and worse and worse until everything's negative. We find a negative in everything. You, you never go through your day, and if someone asks you, how's it going, and you never go, man, it's going great. They never hear that from you. They never hear, it's, you know, it's a wonderful day, God's doing good things. They don't hear that. Maybe once in a while a thing goes well and you're really happy for a moment, but it isn't your pattern in life. And I want you to know God can fix that. And you have to make, you have to go down that road. You have to make that change. If you're ever going to be used to the level that God wants to use you in your life, if you ever want to be the person that God dreams for you to be, I can tell you, it is God's will. It is God's will that you process things in light of God's blessings instead of in light of all your problems. You, you, have, to, you have to take and you, you need to filter all your problems through the greatness and goodness of God. And if you'll do that, if you'll start making those changes, you will see in a short period of time a different way that people respond to you. You'll see the positive side of people. Sometimes you don't see the positive side of people because when you're so negative, they just kind of jump into the, the fray. You know? Oh, that government. Man, you know. Whatever it might be. You know? There's always a problem. Just, just go to the DMV and... Spend a little time there. <coughs> you all be in a pity party, and everybody be angry and ready to, you know, fight somebody. Just, it just sheds. Negativity, it's, it just, it's like a virus, man. It just sheds. And you need to, you and I need to make a decision that we're going to not let that taint us. Why? Because I'm different. You're different. The king who sits on the throne of the universe is your daddy. You're different. Start acting like who you are. Start thinking like who you are. Start speaking like who you are. Well, Father, we thank you. I thank you. Lord, I am blessed and highly favored by you. And everything, Lord, in my life is under your authority and your will. And the end of all these things is good. Lord, if there's any here that are distant from you, Lord, I pray right now that they will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. If you're here and you are distant from God, just turn around and he'll find him right there. You just turn and toward him and you just say, Jesus, come into my life. 
I choose you as my Savior. I ask you to cleanse my soul from all of my sins. Jesus, I want to follow you. I serve you. I choose you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now you know, right, no matter what you're going through, I know there are a lot of us here that you, you have problems. Everybody gets, has problems at times. Everybody faces it. You have problems. But your problem is going to end. You are more than an overcomer. When it's all said and done, you say, you don't know my problem list. I don't care if your problem is terminal. If you're a Christian, all your problems will be over. And you might not get a mansion here, but you will get one there. You're, you're a victor. You have the promises of God, and you can stand on that, and you can live in confidence in your life. Goodness is, God's goodness is heading toward you. And you can know that, and you can confess that, and you can declare it. Amen? Let me, um, before, let me tell you what we're going to do right now we're gonna, as we close. Um, we're we're going um, to receive the offering in just a minute. And um, I know when we, we bring the offering bucket around um, that only about 20% of you ever given the offering, and that's not because I'm watching. It's because 80% of you give online. That's how most of our giving is, happens is actually online. So I know that that happens that way. But when we bring the offering and we, and we, we do pass it, that's a good time, even if you give online. Some people give during the, you know, during the offering time. Sometimes you, you, know, you go on your computer, however you guys do that. Um, but this is a good time when we do that that you, this is, that you bring that which you've given to the Lord or you're about to bring to the Lord and you bring it to him in faith, you know? That's how it works. You go, Lord, I just want to thank you for what you've done, the, the, the gift that you've given me, the abundance that you've given me. I thank you. I ask God that you multiply it. The scripture says give and it shall be given to you. Shaking together, running over, it'll come back to you. And you do that by faith. So as we bring the offering, we're going to do that in just a minute. And then, then as they do that, then afterward, we're going to have communion. For those of you who want to take it with us. And we're going to do something that's just going to shake things up. Because we're going to do something different. And I know that is scary. <laughs> different is scary. And uh, we got these kind of, these little communion things that we're going to use. And there's actually... Um, uh, you, you have to take and you have to there's a little plastic thing on the top and you strip it off you've done those kinds of before and you take out the wafer and the wafer is smaller than the one that sticks to the roof of your mouth that we usually use <laughs> you know <laughs> and trying to trying to swallow it before I have to drink the the juice and then you take and you do the second one and that opens up the juice. Now, I know it's different, and that's scary, but we're positive here. <laughs> Nobody's going to go, why in the world did they make us do that? <clears throat> and you're just going to praise the Lord that you have such a simple way of getting the wafer and the juice. And we're going to hold it, and we'll take it together, okay? So, Father, I ask that you would bring... Lord, as we bring our offerings to you and we bring our hearts to you, the work of our hands, we ask that you bless and multiply it. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
That's all we need, isn't it? Everything else is just icing on the cake. We have him. We really have everything. You can't get more than him. You can't get more. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body which is given to you. When he did that, when, when he broke that bread, it, it would, would have reminded the disciples of, of uh, one of the prophets, Isaiah, in the, in the context of the sacrifice that the Messiah would bring that says, by his stripes you were healed or you will be healed. They were healed. And it's, Jesus puts it in the past tense of this. Peter does. By his stripes you were healed. When we break that, Jesus was never broken, but his body was beaten. And as you take this bread this unleavened bread that represents the sinless body of Christ. And if you have need of God's healing touch, that's where you can attach your faith to. He made that provision when he suffered in his body for you. And you take it, Lord, you paid the price, and I bring my sickness to you. I bring my ailment, whatever it might be, I bring it before you, God, because on the cross you took it for me. And I receive by faith. I declare by faith. And you receive. Then he took, then he took the cup. And he said, this is a cup of the New Testament of my blood. As often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you show the Lord's death until he comes. Need any cleansing today? Did you, you allow your mind to go places it shouldn't have this week? Did you speak some words that should not have been spoken? Did you do something that you're ashamed of? Did you act in some way that was apart from the will of God? Be cleansed. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sin. And as you take this and are reminded of that, just thank him. Lord, thank you for the cleansing work that you do, that you did for me. I receive.